Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast, your number one sports podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Small Town EP, coming to you live from the chilly city of Atlanta. Fresh off Thanksgiving break, the Carolina Panthers were not thankful for Frank Reich's performance. Ryan Day can't beat the team in blue, and Josh Allen, well, he's still Josh Allen. And as always, I'm joined by your host, June, coming to you live from the just-as-cold, if not colder, city of New York. June, how's your Thanksgiving, man? Thanksgiving was great, man. I got to spend time with some family, see some friends, um, and and be in New York City for the first time. I was never in New York City. How was yours? Can't complain, man. The, the first one in Atlanta, it was nice. Had some good food, shared some good vibes. We talk of this, you know, around this time of the year, a lot of things that we're thankful for. <laughs> I recently had to go to work on my day off. For those that know, you know. If you don't, you don't. And uh, it wasn't for a good thing either. And I experienced holiday traffic in the mall for the first time as like in a while as someone that doesn't really shop during the holiday, but does work during the holiday. Right. Traffic, like foot traffic in the mall, crazy. I forgot how hard it is to find parking. Being from South Florida, living so close to the mall and not really yeah, having to drive or having a mall like Sawgrass that has huge parking lot. Anything that kind of uh, may have peeved you this week during this uh, week of thanks? <laughs> You know, holiday season is always a great time of the year because I feel like people are in a good mood around this time of the year. But I feel like there's a certain level of anxiety that just rises and spikes and everybody's so antsy and kind of wanting to get shit done right away, you know, before others. So it it, it could be a little hostile and and people could be a little antsy. But all in all, I think that uh, this time of year makes for, you know, a, a good time because people do be in a good mood. So. There it is. There it is. I can respect that. I can respect that. And we had a hell of a week in sports, hell of a week in yes, football, sir. particularly. Obviously, we always have a great slate of Thanksgiving. Shout out to the uh, NFL for that every year. Let's get right into it, man. Ravens at Chargers. And I wanted to just ask you straight up, have the Ravens taken the hold of the title team to beat in the AFC? Hmm. Well... If we're going to base it off last night's game, yes. Um, And even in general, I would say yes. I could see why others would argue, maybe yourself as a Chiefs fan, would argue that Kansas City is still the team to beat. But um, you know that I'm rocking with the Ravens this year. And, you know, I I felt that coming into this year, they have a big opportunity uh, with the talent on their roster, the coaching they have, the atmosphere in their stadium, like everything put together to me gives them a really good chance to be Super Bowl contenders. And Lamar Jackson kind of has to just be that glue to keep it all together and, and, you know, make it go. Um, We're here in what week 13, if I'm not mistaken. And yes, the Ravens are the team to beat in the AFC. They are the best team in the AFC. Um, And I think they're, they're, the most complete team in the AFC, you know, the defense, it speaks for itself. We saw what they were able to do against the chargers. And, you know, some people don't want to give them as much credit as they might deserve for beating a, a chargers team. Who's coached by a little hat, Brandon Staley, who still has a job. <laughs> I know we'll talk about it in a little bit. You mentioned Frank, Wright, You know, getting the boot out in Carolina this morning, it was breaking news. Um, Brandon Staley should be right there behind him. And and that performance last night, whether he wants to call out media reporters or answer questions with attitude when they ask him about his defensive scheme and game plans, 
What about your offense? Because you got a six six quarterback over there who could throw the ball eighty yards and make all the throws in the world, but you know you couldn't muster you couldn't muster a touchdown, right? So um, something's got to give at a certain point. And again, it was the Chargers, but we got to look at this Ravens team and say, damn, that defense is legit. Now they didn't find a way to have so much success in the passing game. And I think that Mark Andrews going down is a big part of, you know, what we're seeing from this Ravens offense. But at the same time, they're finishing games and winning games, right? And that game against the Browns that they let slip away with the turnovers late, um, they got to figure that out. Lamar Jackson has a little fumble issue, right? And we spoke about that. But I don't think that's going to be detrimental to their super run or anything like that. Um I, I I just think that these next five or six weeks are going to be very crucial for the Ravens as far as putting it all together and completing it to have that team ready um, to represent themselves as the best team in the AFC. Thousand percent, thousand percent. And I mean, it seemed like Justin Herbert, I, I really have to put it on coaching and just to switch it over to the charges at this point, you have to put it on coaching because Justin Herbert is doing what Justin Herbert has to do. He'll have a turnover. And I'm going to attribute that honestly to coaching at this point, but mm. huge credit to the Ravens defense and this, just their ability and like tenacity to just, once again, love using this term because it's a, you know, it's a newer hip term, as they say, standing on business. Like when most teams <laughs> in a close game, <laughs> when most cleans in a close game would have maybe just ran the ball, or even when Zay Flowers broke broke through, a lot of teams would have just, hey, did the no mas, kneel, don't even score, we don't need it, just run the clock out. Yeah. And they were like, nah, we're, we're, we're going to make an example out of these guys yeah. because that's what needs to be done. Just huge shout out to, to, you know, all three stages of the game, man. Defense, offense, special teams. They just continue to get it done. As you said, number one team in the AFC right now. I do think they are the team to beat at this point in the in the AFC. I do. I, I think that the Jaguars are right behind them as they're actually undefeated on the road, which I think is huge. Five and zero on the road, especially if you're going to be, you know, not the number one seed, a wild card team. I think that's that definitely comes into play a lot because they've gone every, you know, five times this season, they've gone on the road, obviously, and five times they come out with a dub, whether it's pretty, whether it's ugly, they've gotten the job done on the road. But I do think that the Baltimore Ravens are definitely the team to beat in the AFC at this point. You said that you got the Baltimore Ravens as a team to beat much like I do. You then said you have Jacksonville right behind them. So does that leave Kansas city at the number three spot for EP as far as, his his AFC rankings? I think I think the Jags and the Chiefs are tied right now. The Chiefs have some offensive deficiencies that they seem to get in the order a little bit this week. Obviously, it was, you know, against who it was against in the Raiders. But we have some offensive deficiencies that we're seeming to kind of be figuring out right now. But Trevor Lawrence and those Jags, again, 5-0 on the road, handling business. And you know what? I'll go right into that right now. Texans, Jaguars, what a game we had. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence and Mr. Stroud. I mean, Mr. Stroud, 
I'm going to call it Mr. Stroud from now on. Mr. Four, not even three. Four straight games of 300-plus passing yards. Houston, we have a problem, and it's probably – it sounds like it's, it looks like it's one of those good problems, as they say. Would you say this is an encouraging loss for the Texans? Because you're literally – Put in perspective, you're a doink away, a field goal, a field goal doink away from going into overtime to yeah. potentially win a game that would put you in first place in that division because you already beat the Jaguars early on in the season. So you would have both been seven and four, and you would have had the upper hand on them by half a game. Yeah. So is this an encouraging loss, or is this, as they say, a proverbial kick in the balls for Houston? Definitely encouraging loss. I think. Everything that has happened this season for Houston has been encouraging because this was supposed to be a three and you know three win four win season. And when I say supposed to be, I'm saying like what we might have expected coming out of based on what their roster was last year, based on um, you know th- them only really improving themselves through the draft this year. Um, it, it, it seemed like how much better can the Texans get? And with a great quarterback a great cornerstone rookie lineman and a great coach. You know what I'm saying? You can do anything in a division that's winnable. So Houston's at a point and, and to go to your point, as far as them almost winning with a doink away, Tank Dell caught that ball on the sideline and it would have given them better field goal position. So, you know, it, it's here, here nor there and they did lose. But at the end of the day, Whatever Houston does from this point on in the season, if they don't just, you know, totally go back to last year, Houston, which we don't see that happening. Um, I think it's all a plus, man. They're only going to be able to learn and get better from here. Nobody's expecting them to go to the playoffs. Uh, if they do, great. But they they are in the most or in the least pressured situation, but they keep finding themselves in big games winning and doing thing, doing big things in big moments with a quarterback like C.J. Stroud. So, you know, you just got to credit them. You got to watch them, credit them, and appreciate what they're doing because not a lot of teams turn things around this way. And if I, if you don't mind, I can just kind of segue into, you know, what we're seeing now with these coaches being on the hot seat. We spoke about it a few weeks ago, and Frank Reich just got the boot this morning. Would I say deservedly so? Not necessarily, but somebody has to get the pointed, you know, the finger pointed at them. Somebody has to accept blame. And, you know, you can take a step back and look at this Carolina Panthers franchise as a whole and say, okay, ownership, there's clearly, you know, the owner is a fan, right? He's a fan of the game and of the team. So he kind of uses his heart to, to go about new coaching and decisions being made, whereas you know, in a business where things are cutthroat and just, you know, black and white, it might be done a little differently. Uh, I think that Carolina has set themselves back a few years with the Frank Reich hire, with the Bryce Young selection at number one overall, and the trade that they had to make to Chicago from number nine to get to number one. They, They really, you know, gave away their best player. They gave away a lot of draft capital. And they're not going to be able to make that up this year with how bad they are. So, you know, you can you can you can look at Frank Reich and say, what the fuck is he doing calling a fourth and sixth screen down six, down seven? You know, like, yeah, there's a lot of questionable things as far as play calling and as far as coaching, maybe having guys ready uh, game plan wise. However. I hate I don't 
you could have put maybe a D'Amico Ryans or a Shane Steichen in that situation, and I don't know how much more they could have done to kind of alleviate what's going on over there. So maybe they don't go 1-10 in 10 through 11 weeks, you know, or 1-12, in 12, whatever the case is. But I don't see, you know, another coach coming in here this season and getting that team to five wins by this point. Could be, but but uh, could be wrong. So yeah, I think it was. I think it was necessary. I, I know there wasn't a question. I'm, I just brought it up. No, but you're I, good. I, I love it. I do think it was necessary, as far as Frank Reich being fired, because there just has to be some sort of uh, how you say business being Account. stood on <laughs> accountability. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and, yeah. and we have to start to turn in the right direction somewhere, right? So. Um, shout out to Bryce Young. It sucks that he's in this position. Dan Orlowski thinks that next year is going to be a void. Don't even pay attention to Bryce Young and don't criticize him for how bad it can be because what can the Panthers do from now until next year to get better and better uh, better their quarterbacks developmentally? So he's saying 2025 is the next time we're going to really see Bryce Young you know, step into form. And, and uh, Rex Ryan on Get Up was saying, that he thinks they messed up by picking him. You know, he's he's too small. Mm. He's too small. He said people think Kyler Murray's small. Kyler Murray's just short. Bryce Young is small. So, and he has a point. I think Bryce Young still has the talent and the IQ to be a good quarterback in this league and with protection that he never has uh, and some weapons on the outside, I think he'll be just fine developing. So, it's just going to take a lot of patience from Panthers fans and, uh, you know, organization up front to understand that they put themselves in a hole and they can't just jump right out of it uh, with a couple free agents. I'll tell you what, they Carolina can start, you know, again, it's going to take a while, but they can start with probably the offensive line, letting this young man be sacked 24 times in the last five games, completely unacceptable. You mentioned the owner, being a fan of the team and when you have the owner outside of your locker room after the game yelling expletives and screaming and yelling someone's definitely getting fired the next day without a doubt frank reich justified don't know but someone definitely has to fall on the on the sword and in this instance it definitely had to be frank reich i do think it's interesting that he was a bit vocal and critical to the Bryce Young draft, as you know, you just kind of referenced, yeah. of, you know, him not being the best right now and probably not being the best for some time. So it's very interesting that he was critical of drafting Bryce Young and was a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was vocal, but when asked, I remember he was like, I'm, you know, I've already voiced, you know, I've already said what I wanted to say to the people I needed to say it to, essentially, is what he said. And I'm not going to, you know, comment that to the media anyway. So, I mean, that's loud and clear right there. No shade to Bryce Young. But if, you know, the coach feels like you're not that guy, then you're probably not that guy. It does definitely yeah. suck that he's in that position. You know, wish him the best thoughts and prayers. Oh, that sounds a little, a little drastic. <laughs> but definitely, definitely thoughts and prayers. I, I actually had the question, was Frank Rex firing justified? I mean, it's like you said, someone had to be held accountable. And when you're one in 10 in your first year, I'm sure it wasn't a difficult decision. Look, it it sucks. And again, we'll say it again. Somebody's got to take the blame. But to that point of as far as like Frank Reich and his and his displeasure, I guess we can go with 
with them drafting Bryce Young, he wanted C.J. Stroud. And there's a lot of video footage of him and McCown um, telling C.J., yo, when you get to Carolina, da 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 you know, and he was really big on him. And, and front office failed him in that regard. So it's a little unfair, but I think it's also the best case for Frank Reich. The man aged three years within the last two months. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and the amount of stress that this man has been put through. Um, so right now he's collecting checks from in Indianapolis and Carolina, and he don't got to go to work tomorrow. So honestly, <laughs> look, ride that Jimbo Fisher wave, my boy. You know, you're not getting 85 M's. You're not getting 82 bands a day. But you know what I'm saying? You you still got fired, and you're still getting paid to not have to go to work tomorrow. And I'll never be mad at anybody for that. So real quick uh, disclosure, I did want to kind of put a little backstory as far as why I'm wearing a Knicks top because i know who's gonna get into that you were probably wondering i i I know basketball is coming up but i i couldn't i couldn't not explain myself i i feel guilty um as we know the heat played the knicks on friday night uh shout out to moms moms actually got me tickets it was some early christmas tickets so she wanted to surprise me with some tickets she got me some tickets to the heat game and um it was black friday the vibes were there. The city was cold. It was a sellout crowd. The Heat were up 21 at one point. And all of a sudden in that fourth quarter, boy, did Emmanuel quickly and Jalen Brunson with a sprinkle of R.J. Barrett, did they come back and and, and close things out? Uh, Jimmy Butler had his moment to be great. We saw yesterday that Devin Booker was able to hit a game winner at the Garden. Um, and it made me feel a little a little good just because I knew that we missed the game winner in the garden for three. And it was just like that ball has to go in, you know, one way or another. And um, it was cool to see Devin Booker hit it. I would have loved to see Jimmy Butler shine in that moment. But, yeah, so, you know, all in all, the Knicks beat the Heat on Friday night. 20-point comeback. This is just me showing my respect. You know what I'm saying? It's a fly little knit, whatever you want to call it pull over um and and yeah this is just me showing my respect so if anybody wants to take a screenshot if anybody wants to use <laughs> it in may in june you know what i'm saying in april when 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 they when they want to talk spicy and playoffs come alive do what you got to do now i'll also say i didn't have as much shame or an issue with putting this on and wearing this for this this episode because one I mean, the Knicks don't have an ugly logo. You know what I'm saying? Like, Knicks merch isn't isn't bad looking. Like, I'm not going to be a hater and say it is. Um, Boston, you know, I'm not wearing no fucking Celtics gear, which is why I'm upset Jason Tatum got drafted there. I'm a big fan. But if you guys were to beat us in the playoffs, I wouldn't be able to put this on. You know, my pride would be too big. But the Knicks are always and still are little bro. You know what I'm saying? We handled them when we had to handle them. They took care of us in the regular season, in-season tournament game on Friday, and I respect that. Um, But when when shit really hits the fan, we know that Miami Heat going to take care of business, and I'll stand on that. So (laughs) we can move on. (laughs) We'll get back to that in a second. We'll uh, we'll pivot back to the NFL and to another team that surprisingly, I think, surprisingly, maybe not so surprisingly, keeping company with teams such as the Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots. And there's obviously been widespread reports 
historically on how Bill Belichick is very critical of his players and, you know, the Patriot way, things like that. June, Bill Belichick's always rating people and grading people. If you were Bill Belichick, how would you rate Bill Belichick's season so far? Hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a bit of man. It's got to be at, at like at most a D. I don't want to go F, and I can't go C. Excuse me, I can't go C. So I'm gonna put it at D minus because it's more toward the F. They've benched Mac Jones twice for a worse candidate, <laughs> knowing that they're not gonna get anything better. They didn't go out this off season and aggressively, you know, pursue anything uh, worthy of getting. And they haven't done much to upgrade the roster for their quarterback. So, like, a lot of this definitely has to do with Bill Belichick and the way he likes to run things in New England. I think that in 2023, we are in a new age NFL. Tom Brady isn't there anymore. You know, he's not just this presence in the locker room. Like, when Coach goes away and all the guys are chatting in the locker room, Tom Brady was still there. And there was still, you know, Mike Vrabel. You had guys like Teddy Bruschi, Rodney Harrison, Willie McGinnis. Like, these guys are such culture guys and such uh, leader leaders that you're not going to, you know, embarrass yourself or do certain things in their presence. I don't, you know, I don't see this Patriots team having that type of guy in the locker room who's one, who knows what it takes, who who is well-respected across every board, you know? And so... Uh, Having Bill is a great thing. Being coached by Bill Belichick is great, but he's kind of stuck in his old ways. And you guys can't figure it out because you don't have enough talent. So it's just a match made in hell for the Patriots. And call it karma. Call it, you know what I'm saying, what goes around comes around. The Patriots are going to be bad for some time. Hey, I mean, the last four seasons, they made since Brady left, they made the playoff once, the playoffs once. And And they got smoked. (laughs) <laughs> embarrassed and it, and it hasn't seven, looked, I think it was. yeah it hasn't looked pretty those that know me know I'm a board member on the, of the Josh Allen hate club oh no nah, I'm not even going to go there <laughs> we're going to get there of the FBC listen <laughs> we're going to get there now I got to start I got to start a new club I got to start a new club and it's oh, the shit. FB GM fire Bill as a general manager because he just it, being oper- football operations and picking the draft that you're picking, it's it's not working. And it hasn't worked in almost half a decade now, which sounds wild, really. Yep. Yep. I don't I think you keep him as a coach. I don't I don't want to say fire him as a general manager, but there needs to there needs to have there needs to the conversation needs to be had as far as like, hey, we need you to step down from yeah. being GM because it's not working out. We believe in you as a coach. We may have reason in the last four years to not believe in you as a coach, but we also have two decades worth of proof to believe in you as a coach. The GM I mean, aspect. Hey, not to cut you off, but would you see it maybe another way? Like, do you think they're better off letting him step down as the coach and keeping him in the front office for those GM decisions as far as drafting? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, the Patriots – their, t- their roster isn't, like, depleted. Like, it's not like they, they can't evaluate any type of talent. These guys don't know what they're doing. They draft horrible. You know, it's not all that. It ain't the best. But it's, like, the scheme, 
the way they go about game planning and attacking defenses. It's just, it's just very shout out to Lynx. I didn't even know Lynx was back here behind me. They scared the hell out of me. But um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's a bit it's a bit old school, you know? And so I think Bill is a good talent evaluator. I think he knows who who knows how to play football, who loves the game, who he wants in the locker room, but the shit that they're teaching them is is a bit outdated for me. I could I could I could see that. I could definitely agree with that. I could definitely agree with that. We'll head over to yes, my other fan club that I'm board member of. The Josh Allen Hate Committee. <laughs> the J A H C. I like that. That's fire. And put that on the t shirt. Oh, what a game it was, right? Buffalo. Philadelphia, the atmosphere, the weather, muggy, yep. rainy, Philly fans, as we all know, how rowdy and, and quite disrespectful that they can be. Um, that video went viral with a little kid, little kid that couldn't be more than 10 years old running up to the Bills fan that was definitely a grown-ass man. And, you know, what to just give him that. Like, yo, you know, it's going to be a good game. And, you know, obviously you can't son a little kid like that. So, you know. The guy was like, yeah, you know, I want to dap him up. And the kid swoop and just flip that bird. Gave him the real bird. Quick. And homeboy's little kid's dad was in the back recording, like, that's right. Yeah, that's like, yeah. You, that's how you do it. Yeah, that's, that's my bladder boy. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. And I love the, the, the you know, the other, the Bills fan who kind of was a good sport about it. He's like, all right, the kid fucking got me. Little shit. Yeah. <laughs> little shit. Oh my God, Josh Allen, twenty nine for fifty one, three thirty nine, two touchdowns and a pick. What a Jalen I mean, Hurts. great game. Great, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then on the other end, Jalen Hurts, eighteen for thirty one, two hundred yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Both teams had mistakes. Both teams executed at certain times. A couple of mis miscommunication errors between Gabe Davis and Josh Allen, I will say, are part of the reason that cost them that game. Listen, I've already said Diggs is gone after this season. I've said this mm-hmm. on this pod. It's recorded. It's documented. It's You can't historically edit it anymore. They go and fire Ken Dorsey. Come out the next week. Have an amazing offensive game, but they're just not able to pull it off. Josh Allen 0-6 in overtime games at this point in his career. Even after there was a rule change because of the game that he was in in Kansas City against Kansas City, and you still can't win in overtime. Yeah. Now the Ken Dorsey firing to me looks a little, uh, I guess, again, someone had to fall on that sword. But, hey, my question to you, June, because it seems like the Bills are going to live and die by Josh Allen. Will Josh Allen be the last man standing when it's all said and done in Buffalo? He should be. I mean – the Ken Dorsey thing, you you know, you're right. Somebody had to fall on the sword. And just because, you know, they didn't, they didn't, I'm not opposed to that Ken Dorsey firing. You know what I'm saying? There had to be some sort of change, some sort of shakeup. And now they've got a coach in Joe Brady who looks to, to be able to run the offense. And it, again, you mentioned it, Josh Allen put up 
They passed the ball 51 times, which is a bit crazy. Um, but they were able to put up 339 passing yards and ran the ball for a, a healthy, what is that, uh, 170. You know what I'm saying? With two rushing touchdowns from Josh Allen and two passing touchdowns from him as well. That one interception he had, it was a, a bad – it was a really good play by the defender. You know, he's sitting in two. He's sitting in cover two and, and kind of just jumped the route. Josh Allen didn't anticipate him doing that. So it wasn't like a horrible play. It was just kind of one of those really good plays on the defense. But to answer your question, yes, they're not going to trade Josh Allen. They're not going to let him go. I mean, as we we see what Josh Allen is, right? We, we know who he is. We know what he's about and what you're going to get from him. His problem is that he's unable to turn these close games into wins. And that's who he's become as a quarterback and what we've known him for lately. Now, 0-6 in overtime since that rule change is is nuts and it's alarming. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not sure what to tell you, but it sucks because last night, man, they played a real good game. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to take away and, and say, you know, Josh Allen screwed us up. Josh Allen, like, they were the Gabe Davis – you know, touchdown that they missed away from winning that game. But uh, I think it speaks more just to kind of shift the conversation to this Eagles team, man, and, and how they're able to find a way to win. Like, no matter how they look in the first half, they've been down by, I think they've been down by like 10 or more in like four of their games going into the second half, and they've come out and won all of those. And when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts, who on a night where he only throws 200 yards, but he has three touchdowns uh, passing and 65 yards rushing and two touchdowns rushing, I mean, five touchdowns from your quarterback is called getting it done. You know what I'm saying? And that's a guy who, unlike Josh Allen, has figured out how to win close games, has figured out what to be able to do to to lead your team to victory in those moments. And so... Um, Obviously, MVP talk, deservingly so for, for Jalen Hurts. And, um, man, back to the fucking board with this Bills team. Six and six. Nobody would have thought this sitting at uh, the, the end of November. It's crazy to me. I mean, the Bills are outscoring their opponents by about, I think it's like nine points a game this season. And crazy. they're... They're 500. I think the stat was I heard earlier today that they have a point differential against opponents this year of plus 100, and they're 500 on the season. Wow. First NFL team to ever do that, by the way. So shout out to Josh Allen. I do think that he'll be the last man standing in Buffalo. I think he's worth more to them in a Buffalo Bills uniform than going somewhere else and hurting them. You know, he's not going to – they're not going to let him – be like a Marshawn Lynch and go somewhere else or something like that and, and just start to just smoke them. You know what I mean? Um, so I do think that he will be the last man standing. I think that the talent shows that, but I do think that at this point we're kind of, and not weird. I mean, weird as in the word, cause me, I'm not enamored at all, but I think that people are kind of just enamored with his talent and what he has done and being a part of that Kansas city chiefs game. Because again, I've said it and I'll say it again. That game of the year against Kansas City that year was 
the Bills and Josh Allen's peak. And arguably, I'll, I'll be very honest with you, if they would have won that game that year, they probably would go on to win the Super Bowl that year. Hindsight is twenty twenty. you know what I mean? But it took a team and a man by the name of Patrick Mahomes to stop the Bills that year. And I think outside of that, they probably would have hosted a Lombardi trophy. You know, again, they're still second in the AFC East. Obviously, it's a very shitty division. They could still pull it off somehow, some way, but Bengals and Bills not making the playoffs. That's how it's yeah. looking. Definitely. That's crazy, man. Who would have thought, like, if you would have took a fucking bet, you know, a future back back when the season started that the Bengals and the Bills would miss the playoffs? Like, um, obviously. Like 2,000 to 1. Right. The Bengals, <laughs> you know, situation was that they came into the season with their quarterback banged up. And then once he showed signs of health, like it was night and day. This is the Bengals team we expected. And uh, he ends up getting hurt again in that game versus, well, technically the, the game before the Ravens, but, you know, call it the Ravens game. And, yeah, then not that this has anything to do with this game, but it's crazy that, you know, this AFC North team, Deshaun Watson, bro, he goes down and that that Browns team had a chance. Like they had a chance this year. Legit. Great defense. And first they deal with the Chubb injury, and you would have thought that was it. They ended up still balling, and now Deshaun Watson is is out for the year. And you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson can only get you so far. Philip Walker is only going to be able to do so much for you. So it kind of sucks to suck if you're the Browns, but uh, I guess that's Jim. That's just them living in their reality. Real quick, uh, Ray in the chat, shout to Ray. You know, he always pulls up every week. And not even every week, every damn near episode, Ray is in the chat showing love. He's confused as to why I'm wearing Nick's gear. I did explain myself. Um, so, you know, hopefully you were there for that and you heard it. But I guess we can move forward. Real quick, if, if we can, uh, you know what? We'll wait. We'll wait. The Dolphins, the Dolphins did sign J, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, though. So, shout-out to the Pompano boys oh, standing in Florida after Jason Phillips. I said Jason Phillips. Justin Phillips. Jalen Phillips. Yo, I'm like, what's my boy name? <laughs> after Jalen Phillips tears his Achilles on that Black Friday matchup versus the Jets, which is unfortunate because, one, he's a great pass rusher. The Dolphins need him for their playoff run. Um but the game was already, you know, out of reach and uh, and he goes down. So it, it, it's unfortunate to see, but I'm excited to see what Jason Pierre-Paul can bring to this Dolphins defense. Um, and I'm sure he's going to have a little extra in his tank knowing that he's playing, you know, no longer than a 45-minute drive to his crib, you know. I want to move over to Indianapolis real quick to you, uh, to your boys. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk right, about it. Right, right. Coming off a, a a pretty good win against the Buccaneers at the crib, twenty seven to twenty. Without your starting quarterback, who oh yeah, you drafted this is, this is the Min show. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is the Min show. Let's go! Don't not so fast. Don't look now. The Colts are winning. Yeah. <laughs> Second number, number in the seven. AFC South. Yeah, number seven in the AFC. That means playoffs. Playoffs. This Listen, is this guys... is also 
with wins against the Texans, with wins against the Ravens. Talk about with it. with. I'll leave it there. Those are the you know what I'm saying. Those are, those are the two good ones. Uh, you know, I don't want to credit us beating the Titans, you know, at all. But uh, you guys yeah. do play them this coming week again. Listen, Shane Steichen, man, getting the job done. Should he be in the conversation for Coach of the Year? Hundred percent. I mean, when you look at Coach of the Year, obviously Dan Campbell's sitting up there. What he's with with where he's got this Lions team, and I feel like people forgot that the Lions have been the laughing stock of the league for the last 15, 20 years, and they are not known at all for winning anything, let alone eight games in a season. So, for what he's been able to do in this turnaround in the last two years has been phenomenal. I think he's at number one, and then you got a D'Amico Ryan's who we talked about it last week. I mean, he's got the number two and three draft pick, and uh, this Texans team who doesn't really have big names on it. He's got them rolling. Shane Steichen has Indianapolis right where they need to be, ready to win every week. We've played a lot of good games, man. We lost a good game to the Rams uh, in overtime. We lost a game to the Browns, which we kind of got cheated out of because that was the whole pass interference situation. Um, but then, you know, you go and play the teams that you're supposed to beat, like the Panthers, like the Patriots, and we take care of business. So what Shane Steichen's been able to do without having Anthony Richardson for more than, say, five to six quarters all season, literally, uh, and what he's been able to do with Gardner Minshew and that defense, and then Zach Moss and, and Jonathan Taylor's mix, it's been phenomenal, bro. We're sitting, you know, over 500 here at the end of November, undefeated in November, going into December, where we need to play our best football because we got a nice stretch here where we got the Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. That's a win out schedule. We can win out. And that sounds crazy. I'm a Colts fan. I know I, I might be sounding like I'm crazy, but the Titans are a mess. The Bengals don't have a quarterback. The Steelers, great defense. They just outscore out gained yardage uh their opponent for the first time all season this comes out one week after you know oc matt canada gets fired their replacement gets them over 400 yards uh total that's a tough game right there but then we go december 24th falcons then raiders and then texans you know so this is a very very favorable schedule for a team that is fighting uh and clawing to get in the AFC playoffs, uh, and not only just to wreck somebody's season, but to actually compete. Yeah, we don't have our quarterback, and he's he's out for the year, but we've got a defense with heart and a run game, and we know we've seen it. We've seen it before. You know, if the quarterback can just be good enough, let the rest figure itself out. So that's where I'm at as, as far as the Colts, man. I'm, I'm very optimistic that this Sunday we go to Tennessee, get a dub, and then go follow up a – like we're going for, right now we just won three in a row we're ready for four and then five i don't want to go to six we'll stop at five but i do think we win the next two games to go up uh, on a five game win streak and become one of the hottest teams in the nfl because they're talking about that hot team that won five straight i know you want to talk about them they're bringing their name up they're letting the vikings you know get all this glamour with josh dobbs as well uh and their little five game win streak they had i think it's the colts turn 
after these next two weeks where we show on the road we can go into Tennessee and then Cincinnati and come out victorious, leaving there at eight and five and probably at the six five seed. There it is. And as you just said, hold your horses. The Denver Broncos have won five straight, six out of the last eight games, including being the Chiefs, my Chiefs, the Bills, the Vikings, the Browns. I don't want to really give too much credit for the Bears, but <laughs> is this Sean Payton experiment in Denver starting to work itself out, Drew? Yeah, hey, by the way, a win is a win, bro. <laughs> and I know you'll take one. Um <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, this is this has to do with one, I think I want to point to the locker room. I want to know I want to acknowledge the fact that they haven't quit on the season, right? They haven't lost it. They didn't feel like we don't want to play for this coach, any of that. They were in a bad position early in the season. And their situation reminds me of low-key like the Panthers situation. Not as far as draft capital and all that, but just in the sense that what we have is what you get. You, there's no wiggle room to kind of make things better right now or tomorrow. So we're going to have to work with what we got and try to win. Now, Carolina should be playing with more pride, but this Denver Broncos team is, is doing exactly what they need to do at the right moment of the season to try to put themselves in that playoff contention. Now, do they end up getting in the playoffs? You know, we still got five, six games left. Let, let's let that play out. But, you know, is Russ cooking right now? Russ, is, Russ has got his apron on. And Russ, got, Russ has got the, the fan over the microwave on because that kitchen is steaming. <laughs> the fan over the microwave. I wonder how, I wonder how uh, tough it's been without his corner office and uh, his catchphrase all, all season this year. Right. Right. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like Russell Wilson is not doing anything to wow us. Like he isn't playing Seattle Seahawks Russell Wilson football. But his I think he leads the league in touchdown to interception ratio. And when you can take care of the football, that goes so far in the NFL to winning games. Um Russell I've said Wilson it before, is game making the right plays. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's mm-hmm. making the right game plays. Management. You know who's not making the right plays, apparently, or who couldn't make the right plays this weekend. We'll switch over to college football. Ohio State loses another one to that team in blue. Yep. June, has Ryan Day had his day in Ohio State at this point? I, I think it's over for Ryan Day at Ohio State. And, um, you know, excellent coach, man. I'm not going to take away from him what he has done for the program. And, you know, where he, if this is his last, where he's left them, um, he's a young coach. He's only 44 years old. Uh, he's getting 10 million a year. He's got a record of 56 and seven, right? So, you know, you gotta you gotta show some respect. You gotta show some respect to a to a great coach. And and I could appreciate this because it isn't one of those. And he still has his job. Let's not you know make it seem like he has gotten fired. But do I think he's getting fired? I do. Um, you play in the Big Ten. Are you coaching the Big Ten specifically for OSU or Michigan? Like that's the game on the on the calendar that year that like y'all could go one and fucking ten, one and eleven. <laughs> beat Michigan, coach. Coach, beat Ohio State. And so 
for Harbaugh on the other side, like he's not even out there and he's rejoicing. Like they ain't going to fire me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's because this game means that much to the program and to the fans and to the players. And when you don't have a good showing for it now, this isn't Ryan day's first loss to Michigan, right? I think he's one in three against Michigan. So we didn't, we did not hire you to have our guys glitzed and glamored to then only one win one game versus uh, big blue in four seasons. So, yeah, I, I do think his days are numbered. He'll finish out the season. They'll win their bowl game. I'm sure. Um, perhaps college football playoff. We'll have to see tomorrow. You know, Thursday, we'll talk about the rankings and how they shape out. I hope Ohio state doesn't find themselves out of the playoffs. I think it would be a little crazy. This is a big game here. They played Michigan is another playoff team. So shouldn't be too much movement. Michigan can definitely jump Ohio state, you know, but, uh, yeah, yeah, he'll he'll have to enjoy the rest of this uh, bowl season, and then and then you know probably look for a new home. Mm. And on the other side of that spectrum, Alabama. That yeah. loss to Texas, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't uh doesn't seem as crazy. Earlier in the season, it seemed kind of wild. Obviously, when it happened, because it's Bama and Bama doesn't lose games like that. But the performance that they just displayed against Auburn the composure that they kept. Obviously, Auburn just kind of handed the game away to them. Figuratively, literally, however you want to put it. Milrow, man. Heisman frontrunner? How you feel? No, his, emotions during, um, his emotions after the game said different, and I appreciated the emotion. Um, I mean, he played a good game. I, I think Michael Penix is your Heisman winner. You know, Michael Penix Jr. definitely deserves in what what he's able to do in Washington. Just coming off of another another win against uh, Washington State, I believe they played Washington State, and it was a really close game at the end. He was able to, you know, uh, the coach. I love that the coach puts the ball in his best player's hand at the end of a game. I think that's what a great coach should do and always should do is that whenever you're gonna either go for it or you know you got to make a play, bro. Don't think too hard trying to dial this up. Go with what you have and use the the reason, you know what I'm saying? Like the reason you wanted that kid at your school or the reason you signed this guy as a free agent, this is why. So use it. Um, and they're doing that with Michael Penix in Washington. And, you know, he's been able to step up time after time. We're talking about, you know, Milrow in Alabama in the Iron Bowl 2023 in Auburn. And it's always something with this Iron Bowl game that it just has to have some sort of wacky ending. And what's crazy about it is, is that I didn't watch this game. So I didn't I didn't have the Iron Bowl on. Um, it was Saturday. I don't know what I was, I was. I think I was either watching another game. And then I, I went to tune into it. And I'm on ESPN.com. And I see third and 24. You know, and I saw less than a minute left and the score, they were down by three or whatever the case was, two or three. And I'm like, damn, Bama's about to lose to Auburn. Oh, shit. Like, you know, and this and, you know, you mentioned the Texas game this year early. It, it was a little surprising, but at the same time, the Texas team is very good this season. You know what I'm saying? Like that Texas team is is playing lights out themselves. So it wasn't as shocking to see them lose. But, you know, Auburn 
I think Bama, knowing that they have playoff hopes still alive, Auburn, a loss here is crazy. And so, hey, man, I tuned into that game, and I saw I saw this man just, just what looked like it was going to be a miracle, what looked like it was going to be a Hail Mary, a prayer, if you will. It looked like a design play. And it, it, everything just went perfectly in their way. So, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. He made a great throw. I mean, not everybody in the country can make that throw, first and foremost. He made a great throw. Cross his body to the other side of the field, back corner sure. of the end zone. The wide receiver with great body positioning, being able to box out and get space, make sure his feet come down. I mean, we've seen Alabama win in this type of fashion a few times now, and oh. and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily get old. And as much as a lot of teams hate Bama, I've had some sort of a hate for Bama throughout the years, like where I wanted Johnny Manziel to beat them, you know, things like that. But I've never truly, truly uh, been upset when Alabama wins and continues to win. It, it's it's kind of shocking to see. So the fact that they were under scrutiny you know like this season is it hasn't gone exactly how they've wanted it to go um they've made some bonehead plays in the last few weeks and for this win to to be able to to come to fruition was was really cool so shout out to nick saban shout out to mil excuse me milro and bama's still alive bro Hey man, they win this uh, game against georgia next week and it's uh it's an interesting conversation but i don't want to get ahead because we'll talk about that this week because there's a lot going on in the NBA right now. And I want to go back to what you were referencing earlier. The Heat. Unsuccessful trip to the city this week. Yeah. And and two out of their last three losses have come in the fashion of letting go leads late in the game. You guys do get the Bucks at home tomorrow. Yep. What do the Heat need to do to tie the season series at one between them and the Bucks before seeing them one more time this season? Well, it's a put up or shut up thing too because this is an in season tournament game, and I believe that this is the last game within group play. Um, the Knicks have a higher point differential; we're both two and one. The Bucks are three and zero. Oh. The Bucks have a huge point differential. The Knicks have a higher point differential than us. And so for us to, like, stay alive, we really got to do something. And, you know, it's going to be tough. Me, I'm looking at it in the aspect of I just want us to win the game. We could win by one. We could win by 20. I just would like us to win. But um, I think I think Bam out of bio got to get back on track. You know, like these last two games are the, the two you're talking about as far as, you know, the the – what we thought was a blowout win that turned into a loss versus Chicago and then uh, the Knicks. Bam has to kind of just get back in that rhythm that he was in before his little injury. And uh, I think we'll be just fine. You know, the, the Bucks are a tough team. Obviously, Dame Lillard, Middleton, Giannis, Brooke, those guys are tough to beat. Uh, mm -hmm. And as much as I could say that we have their number, which is true, you know, everything is different. It's always different. This year is different from last year. Um, and and big-time players are going to have to make big plays if you want to beat the Bucks. You know, that's a, that's a championship team right there. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. We do have a live Monday Night Football game right now. The Bears in 
Minnesota. Second quarter right now, about two and a half minutes in. Bears up 3-0. Justin Fields does have 100 yards passing so far. A lot mm. of people took the Vikings in this game. So you got finishing strong, June. Yeah, I, I definitely got Minnesota. Um, I like what they've been able to do. They lost last week versus the Broncos, but they showed a lot of grit against a Broncos team who's on, you know, in the midst of a five-game win streak, playing good football. So um, Josh Dobbs had a chance at the end of the game to get a game-winning drive, and, you know, he failed. But uh, I've got confidence in Minnesota to come out here and do exactly what they need to do against this Bears team. I mean, this Bears team, for the most part of the season, played unserious football, and, you know, they understand that if they lose, they can have the number one and two pick overall uh, because they're getting a pick from Carolina, right? So and Carolina's one in 10. So um, I don't know how much of that is going to play into tonight, but uh, I, what I want to see from the Bears is I want to see Justin Fields just continue to develop as a quarterback and as a thrower, um, you know, get your guys involved. You have DJ Moore, you know, use it. So, uh, it'll be exciting to to see Justin Fields play, hopefully, because the last time he was out there, he did some good things. But um, it's 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 a it's about a matter of consistency for me. So I would like to see Justin Fields come out and and do some things to that defense. Um, but on the flip side, I think Josh Dobbs will, you know, do some things to that Bill, uh, Bears defense and uh, lead them to a win. Josh, the astronaut. Dobbs is what they they call him the passionate. They call him the pastronaut at this point. Hey man, I got a couple shout outs before we get out of here. Uh, unless you have anything else you want to get to. Real quick, um, TVD in the portal, Corey Flag in the portal, Don Cheney <laughs> Jr. in the portal. Um, you know, shout out to them for the contributions they've made at the University of Miami. It didn't necessarily, I guess, go the way that they may have, may have seen it for their four-year plan or three, however many year plan. But um, I, I do have a big appreciation for what they have been able to do for the last uh, three years or so. So shout out to Corey Flagg, Don Chaney, and TVD. Oh, man. Shout out to FAU's men's basketball team putting belt to ass, as they say, against those Virginia Tech Hokies. What a beautiful display. Appreciate y'all catching my ticket. And a shout out a little closer to home. You'll hear this shout out very frequently from me for the next couple of weeks. Shout out to that boy, Howard H.D. Davis, hometown boy, on a championship run in this bare knuckle fighting competition yep. and league. Very amazed at what you're doing, young man. Very proud of what you're doing, putting the city on your back, holding your family down, doing what you got to do to, once again, stand on business. I do mm -hmm. think that he will come out victorious next week against this Kai kid. I've seen highlights. He looks good, but ain't nothing like a bride baby, man. For real, for real. Yeah. Shout out to that. Shout HD, out to that stand on that. Feel me? As always, Mondays, Thursdays, Sundays. We just skipped this Thursday because it was Thanksgiving. Got to cut at the production team. You, know, you need time off with your families. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough. Fair enough. Mondays, Thursdays, Sundays. We're here. Tap in all things sports podcast, your number one sports podcast. My name is Small Town EP, your co host, live in the chilly city of Atlanta, joined by your host, Mr. Heat in Five himself. Don't you forget it. Wait, June. See you soon, June. I need that. We'll see you.
catch you Yow. next time. Boom. Good looks. Good shit.